0: Welcome to Cooler News, your go-to resource for insights and content, straight from KPS Global. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cooler News, a KPS Global podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. As you're listening along, make sure that you're subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, And make sure you're going to our website, kpsglobal.com, again, kpsglobal.com, for more information on our solutions and services and other KPSG content. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're sitting down with KPS Global's Director of Supply Chain, Jeff Monroe, to discuss the various ways that our national supply chain is still reeling from the lagging impacts of covid When COVID first hit, it was a huge shock to our economy across the board, and the supply chain was one of the first aspects of our economy that felt the heaviest hits of COVID. And now that we're several months in, some of those things have uh, subsided. But other aspects continue to be pervasive. And so with Jeff Monroe today, we're hoping to better understand why we're still seeing some of these effects from COVID on the supply chain, how KPS Global has tried to maneuver those issues, and what other companies can do moving forward. So Jeff Monroe, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, Daniel? Doing well, doing well. Thanks again for your time and looking forward to unpacking your thoughts on this timely issue here. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it as well. So let's go ahead and jump in. When COVID first hit in March, what were some of the immediate varying aspects of impact on the supply chain? Go ahead and give us that sort of, you know, first week, first month reaction and some of the ways that it manifested. Well, I think you were spot on in
1: saying reaction. Um, We were were trying to figure out what was going on. (laughs) And uh, and it was, a, I say this for lack of other word, it was an exciting time and trying to gauge what are some of these risks, what's really, what's the potential impact here. And so there were, uh, what, we, what we quickly realized is we have, uh, we have some of our uh, several eggs in one basket and that, uh, that could be a problem. So, um, we started doing that, uh, that type of an analysis and trying to get out of that reactionary stage.
0: If we look uh, more materially at some of the impacts of COVID on the supply chain, what were some of the specific choke points, yeah. speed bumps that COVID brought to uh, various aspects of the supply chain? And feel free to answer that generally, or if you want to hone in on uh, KPS Global's supply chain specifically, that would be great as well. Right. There were absolutely
1: specific items that were impacted. And thing is, as a global economy, a lot of our materials are sourced from from China, and being as China was was the first country to be to be hit with this uh, pandemic and with the, at, I guess at the time an epidemic, there were many items that were impacted. I guess not sharing specifics, but I will say about ninety percent of any uh, of items that were brought out of out of Asia, that was an immediate red flag. And That was something that uh, it took additional time to get. Or we were flat unable to get it from from that from from the primary source, so it required us. Um, fortunately, KPS Global has a primarily domestic supply base, and maybe we can talk about that later. But our second our suppliers source much from that location, and especially the plastics, uh, plastic extrusions, um, blow mold items, things like that, that had an immediate impact. And increased lead times exponentially, so it was effectively an unknown at the time when something was going to become available. And as things started to to clear up, you know, it took weeks, it took months before that really started happening. But during that interim time, we we very much had to uh, develop domestic sources uh, to to cover the the immediate need.
0: If we track that out to. Our current situation today. How do some of those first impacts compare to the strain that the supply chain is feeling now? Several months into the crisis, I would say several months into the crisis, it's it is
1: changed, and it's been a bit of a lagging impact where we address the 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 issues at hand. And today, the issue is it's different. It's not so much the inability to ship just because of the pandemic. It's an it's a difficulty at producing items because of the constraints within the manufacturing world. When, you know, the second there's a, a COVID case in, in any facility, it's an all hands on deck and it's cleaning, it's preparing. The EHS individuals have their work cut out for them and pr- being able to keep facilities up and running when, uh, when the odds are kind of stacked against them. So today, those, that is the impact. It's, it's very much domestic. Uh, we, we're seeing it every day. It's challenges getting uh, employees. Uh, it's employees being concerned for their health, and rightfully so. Um, and what are we going to do to address that while still maintaining the health of the business, the integrity of the business? Those are a lot of the discussions that are happening today.
0: A lot of these issues were you know, I think in hindsight to be expected because of how unexpected this virus was and what the uh, colossal impact would be, especially here in the United States. But now that we're several months in, why are we still seeing these issues lagging and looming over the supply chain? Why haven't they been fixed? What has been difficult about the response? Give us your thoughts there you know, I can,
1: I guess I can kind of share a bit of an experience with that. Um, I think many individuals are very aware of the impact in the lumber market and seeing what happened from basically the July through uh, mid part of October where the market, it went to all time highs. It's never been as high as it was. A lot of that had to do with an overreaction on the front end because of the unknown where mills cut head count because of an anticipated reduction in volume that did not pan out the volume shifted the uh, the end user went from home builders for instance to to diyers there would be no way to anticipate that but it did happen so when production was cut roughly 40% and demand stayed steady that caused a supply and demand shift and we could it was Either you can't get the material or this is what you're gonna pay for it. And we started seeing prices go up by two and a half X, um, which was, uh, it was hard to bear. Um, but that's that's what we're seeing today. Um, we're seeing a lot of lagging indicators of either industry companies have cut a little bit too deep in their employee force, or in addition to that, the impacts of employees catching COVID and testing positive for COVID and having to self-quarantine for that two-week period. If you get, you know, say you have a a manufacturing floor with 100 individuals and there's one individual that tests positive who reacted, who interacted with 10 others, they all have to self-quarantine. Well, that cuts your capacity down dramatically. That's what we're dealing with today. And we're not necessarily dealing with a Borders are shutting down though. That is still the case. It is a, here's the issue at home with these employees. And it's It is a, it's a capacity constraint right now. The, the demand is still there. Demand is still quite high in in many industries, not all, some have been very, very, I would say decimated. Um, but those industries that have not been impacted in such a way, it is now keeping up with demand. Um, And that is that's the challenge today.
0: I want to lean into one specific aspect here for a second, uh, which is something that not just companies uh, that are integral to the supply chain felt, but because of covid, many companies responded by furloughing uh, workers at scale often. Mm-hmm. And so with many companies furloughing their workers, uh, you can imagine that when we saw the American economy try to jumpstart itself back into action, demand increased either back to at least a similar level or in mm-hmm. some industries hit uh, new highs of demand actually during COVID. Right. and. Couple that with a lack of workers, and I'm sure you get some other slowdowns and bottlenecks. How did this lack of workers impact the supply chain, both when companies first had to furlough workers and now that we're a little deeper into the crisis? 2020 has been a tough year.
1: It's been a mentally challenging year, and on, on employees especially. And so as we start evolving and you know moving more into into normalcy where there's a little bit of stability, that impression does not necessarily go away. Once an impression is made, it's pretty much set. It's, that does not change. That is the expectation moving forward that we still have to work very, very closely with one, our own employees on providing them a, a positive work environment. But then also with our suppliers, we depend on them pretty heavily. And this has been something that we've been sharing with them that please anticipate this. It has been an extraordinarily challenging year. And the mental stress on individuals often gets correlated with their workplace. Now, how are you going to change that so you can retain the talent that you have?
0: Now, another side of this worker dynamic is trying to refill those positions has this been creating any tension on the supply chain based on what you've seen have companies been able to uh, bring those workers back now that demand uh, is returning to you know more uh, familiar levels some has been coming
1: back within our particular industry we kind of we follow a little bit it's very seasonal and where during we follow the construction industry where you you're March through October, it's pretty busy. That's that's all hands on deck and and everybody's uh everybody's uh output is is at high levels. So at this point in time, and you know, here we are November, November fifth, the demand for additional workers is not necessarily there. So it was a challenge on the front end and many times we did not, we could not get it. Our manufacturing floor, you know, they were short staffed. And so the output that these guys were able to do considering the conditions was uh, it was heroic. They, they did a very, very phenomenal job. So as we move into the holiday season, the demand for, for the additional headcount won't necessarily be there. I think it will be an opportunity for us to regroup, Re, you know, create new plans and move forward into 2021.
0: You mentioned lumber a little bit earlier as uh, an example of a key industry that faced a lot of these uh, bottleneck issues and slowdowns in the supply chain. Can you uh, explain a little bit more or give us some other examples of how these issues manifested in specific industries like lumber? Another example might be the steel industry. You know feel mm-hmm. free to walk us through that yeah, so
1: you know, I guess if we're just talking about the lumber industry for for this particular instance and, and certainly we can talk about others, that one has been quite impressive uh, to see what what took place there, but that was basically a series of events that could not have been um for supply chain purposes more poorly timed where one the coronavirus and that there's no good time for that right that it's it's a it's a terrible thing and what the impacts of that on individuals and on their lives and then obviously on the on the business as well so they they have to react so they did by letting go and mass their employees cutting production by 40 percent. then what we started seeing is the, the wildfires over in the West. So it was just a series of events that, that knocked capacity just completely offline. And then for a time, even the railroad was impacted. They could not ship. So mills were able to produce, but they could not ship it to the, to the buyers. So this was kind of, it took several months for all of this to play out. And so here we are on the back end of all of this, where it is, Finally, starting to break loose, we're finally starting to see um, capacity supply match up again with demand in a at a reasonable point, at a normal point. Now, there are other industries, and not all of this is necessarily COVID-related, but because COVID manifested itself and and came about, there are certain other areas within uh, the supply chain that are also being impacted. And if they were not, if they had not had happened at the same time or in the same period as they have, I believe that the supply chain would have been more adapted to to deal with the challenge. But because we have multiple significant impacts occurring basically in sidestep to each other, we are, uh, we are where we are. I do believe we're more on the on the other end so the the light at the end of the tunnel is is getting bigger and bigger um, but during all of this it was uh, it was exceedingly challenging there was there's one thing after another after another and I maybe I'm overly optimistic and overly hopeful but uh, I feel like we are finally getting to the uh, the other end of the bridge here
0: another aspect that I'm sure is creating some slowdowns for the supply chain is uh, the workflow-related impact that COVID brought to the working world more specifically the fact that many relationships between different companies in the supply chain, between OEMs, product developers, distributors, retailers, etc., that were often cultivated in person and there was a level of QC that could be done in person to uh, foster these relationships and keep them efficient, now can't really happen in the same way. It's all remote and the sort of uh, in-person eyes that you could get on the product or manufacturing process just can't really happen in the same way, because obviously people aren't traveling as much, offices are closed, and for the most part, people are communicating digitally uh, for their business needs. So how are you seeing this impact our current state of the supply chain? and Has this uh, slowed down communications, made things less efficient, and added uh, more speed bumps to the process? absolutely and that has been
1: an ongoing challenge as much as i dislike travel you know i used to think business travel was going to be glorious but far from it is it is such a benefit to be able to step foot within a supplier facility and see firsthand exactly how things are operating getting a sense for how their employees are engaged or disengaged in the business Having lunch with them where oftentimes things that are not typically discussed are brought up, that is not happening anymore. And I am a strong believer in the Ronald Reagan approach, trust but verify. I'm very limited in that right now where I, I now I have at monthly meetings or even bimonthly meetings with our suppliers. But I can only get so much from that. And oftentimes they're either not you know, not necessarily even showing their, uh, their face on on camera, or I might get the Golden Gate Bridge, right? And it just has a very different impact. And I cannot unequivocally say, There are issues or not issues. I saw issues or I did not see issues. It is requiring me to to change the way. And I think any supply chain manager or supply chain leader is now having to change the way that one, they're either asking questions, how they're interpreting the answers to those questions or their expectations from their suppliers and how they're going to respond to those questions. That is a continuing problem and a continuing challenge. So, although uh, you know some travel has has come has come back, not so much on on the supply chain side that that isn't necessarily viewed as a, a critical need right now, but it is having an impact. We are we are told fairly regularly that all is well, right? Things are going quite well, and and you should not be you know no impacts here. Great. What does that mean? Because in a week and a half. I start finding, hey, your lead time has slipped two weeks or you cannot, you can no longer hit our demand. What happened from the last time we spoke until now? Some of the additional impacts to this is not necessarily strictly supply chain to supplier. This is also internal bit company to the outside communication team. So the the outside sales who often communicates with, with the supply chain that communication has also been hindered. And that has been actually one of the bigger issues that I have seen lately, is my rep with a company is not fed information and I actually find out about it from our customer. That is completely skipping how the supply chain should be functioning. And the flow of information has, uh, that chain has been broken. I don't think any Teams meeting or any Zoom conference meeting is going is capable of fixing that.
0: So Jeff, I want to contextualize all this back down to KPS Global specifically and some of the ways that your company and your supply chain team responded to these challenges. So how exactly did KPSG respond? Was there anywhere that you were able to get ahead of some of these broader uh, choke points in the supply chain? And if so, how? Yeah. So several of the areas that we've really... I guess the primary area that
1: we've had to focus on is our relationship with our suppliers. How are we going to manage that moving forward? And and a lot of that has been done virtually, right? Where whereas it initially you know, we would visit with them fairly regularly in person, either at their facility or they would come to ours, and and we were able to manage relationship, a healthy relationship in that manner. Fast forward to today, and. We are having to change that approach. Where it is still, we're having to learn how to be as clear as possible through our phone conversations, um, through our, our our virtual conferences, getting what we need. But that has been that's been our approach. You know, our approach now is we have to visit with them. We have to be face to face with them. You know, on a screen at least as frequently as possible. And and for us, that's meant we need monthly monthly visits with these guys and in some, with some of our suppliers, some of our more critical suppliers who, who may be challenging uh, or, or challenged in this current environment uh, a little bit more than others. Um, we're actually visiting with them every other week. And so that has been our approach today. Um, we are having to readdress how our forecasting is done. That has been something that uh, I think we've, our eyes have been opened where It would be really nice to just say just have everything for us when we need it and 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 I think any supply chain guy understands that's not necessarily possible but we are trying to be more transparent in our needs with our suppliers and providing upfront information as accurately as we can and as timely as we can. Um, that that's been something that we've done for some time, uh, but our approach to it is evolving. It's becoming a bit more of a collaborative effort, and and it's had to be because demand has been so unstable. It's been so unpredictable that uh, that we've had to work a little bit more closely with our suppliers in that regard. So those are two of the areas that uh, that we've had to readdress. But then in addition to that, um, we are being We're, we're asking a lot more questions instead of just trusting, right? We're, we're having to ask a lot more. How are things going? Tell me about X. We're becoming more involved, uh, more caught up to speed on some of the global issues at hand and talking with some of the subject matter experts, some of the internal folks, and also external. What do we project? What do you project are issues that that may be coming down the line? And there are a lot of of individuals out there providing articles on, hey, this is happening over here. Uh, For instance, containers, right? Containers are, you would think a dime a dozen, you see thousands of them on a ship, but they are actually becoming more in short supply because that demand has been so unstable. And retailers are sitting on containers full of unsellable uh, goods right now. So that's something we're having to really get in our A game and, and know exactly what's happening in multiple industries. This is, I think, if anything else, COVID has really, really identified how global the supply chain is and how interrelated it is. Um, and interconnected. So even though I am in, you know, the, maybe what we would call the construction industry, I suppose manufacturing construction industry, the impacts in other areas are directly impacting us as well. And we have to understand that. So it, it's easy to say suppliers step it up. Let's get through this, but you need to understand as a supply chain professional, as a business professional for that matter, how is industry X, what's happening there now? going to impact me later, because it will. There's there is no question about that.
0: And last main timely piece of context to wrap up our conversation today, Jeff, there's another upcoming uh, potential shakeup to the supply chain. It's one that's a little more expected and able to plan for, but that would be another heavy demand from holiday season shopping. Mm. So take this, add it on top of uh, the compounding supply chain issues that we're already breaking down. How do you see these things intersecting and do you see there being uh, any major shakeups or is this potentially an opportunity to get things back on track for our national supply chain? Um, there are definitely going to be some
1: challenges with that. So there are several seasons throughout the year where obviously things are, uh, are, are in more demand and, and subsequently less supply. Um, or available supply trucking, for instance. So during you know, the fall time in the Northwest, it's apple season. Good luck getting a truck out of there at a reasonable rate. So moving into the holiday season, there have been a couple staple name companies, Walmart and Amazon. They have been extremely healthy throughout all of COVID. And, and I don't see an end in sight for that. So that what they have done is gone out and basically bought up capacity, the available capacity for your dry vans and basically offer to pay the premium price so that they can get their, their truck in. Being aware of that, we have had to reach out to our freight companies. Fortunately, you know, KPS Global, um, we do primarily flatbed. That's, that's really what we do. And the impact isn't so dramatic there but in the dry van area. Oh, that is that is going to be a, a pretty rough a pretty rough period and and hopefully folks have prepared ahead for that.
0: All right, Jeff Monroe, Director of Supply Chain for KPS Global. Thank you so much for your thoughts on the podcast today and giving us uh, an update on where the supply chain stands today, how it's adapted under the COVID crisis and what lies ahead. Any final thoughts or words of wisdom for our audience as we wrap up? i wish i had words of wisdom I,
1: <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> no it's uh, really daniel just good talking with you good sharing with, with you some of these things and and i hope they they bring benefits to others uh lessons learned i think uh sharing these things amongst you know professionals is 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 a huge value and and hearing the perspective of others and, and learning from each other um, There there's always benefit to that so Thank you for this opportunity.
0: Absolutely, Jeff. Pleasure getting to chat. And uh, if folks want to find out more about KPS Global's approach to supply chain, uh, or just get in touch for any other reason, how can they do so? Yeah, feel free to uh, you know either reach out to myself.
1: Um, I'm always available uh, you know, through LinkedIn, through even just through the company. We we have various means to uh, gather information or, or allow individuals to, to reach out to us through there. It always makes it to supply chain. So uh, that is uh, that's the best way.
0: Fantastic. Great getting to chat and looking forward to getting you back on the podcast soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Cooler News, a KPS Global Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're heading to our website, kpsglobal.com. Again, kpsglobal.com for more information on our solutions, services, and other KPSG content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.